Father, we pray right now that you would just really be with us in this time. To be aware, Lord, of the presence that you bring and the power that comes and the difference that not only you make in our lives, but then, Lord, you call for us to do that in the lives of others. And may we today understand the wisdom uh, uh, and apply it to our lives from this incredible letter uh, that James wrote in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, I got to ask the question before we start. Super Bowl Sunday, how many are for Tampa Bay? (laughs) How many Kansas City? Okay. How many just want food? Yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. So uh, Super Bowl's here. Super excited. But we also now today are kicking off a brand new series in the book of James. We're going to go through this incredible letter that James wrote that, that was written to a group of people, now catch this, that were suffering uh, in their day and time. So he's writing to people whose lives aren't easy. He's writing to people whose lives are more difficult. And James is saying, I want to give you the answer of how to live in this kind of a time. See, we all, we all face trials. That's guaranteed. By the way, believe it or not, God never brings temptations, but he does. He does very often give us a gift called trials. Uh, And God very often brings that into our life to make us better, to make us stronger. And so we can't always choose our circumstances, but we can always choose how to act or react in our circumstances. Let me say that again. You can't choose your circumstances very often, but you can choose how you act and react in your circumstances. So sometimes we find ourselves kind of in a pit, you know, a a pit uh, that we don't want to be in. And the question is, what do we do while we're in the pit? And how do we get out of the pit? And we're going to see today that the call begins with, remember to rejoice even within the pit. But your pit could be that your financial situation is dire. Your pit could be that people you work with are difficult. Your pit could be that you're single. And the last three people you dated, you were hoping they would be the people or person of your dreams. (laughs) And they turned out to be nightmares. (laughs) All the ones who laughed are married. Um, (laughs) Your pit could be that your ex is constantly seeking and plotting to make your life miserable. Your pit could be that your two-year-old is acting like a two-year-old. It could be mistakes you've made. And don't miss this one. It could be choices that you've made, sins you've committed. And let me tell you this. I don't want you to miss this. The God of all comfort and the God of grace will never leave you or forsake you. Yeah. He's there. And he'll be with you to carry you through. He'll be with you to bring comfort. He will be with you to finally get you out. And so you need to know that. So sometimes we end up in a place like that and we wonder how we could get out. I don't know if you heard about a man who uh, decided one night uh, the weather had changed like it has here. Things were getting better. And he decided rather than driving to work, he'd walk to work. It wasn't that far. It was about two and a half miles. And he thought it would just feel good. So he ended up walking to work, working. He ended up having to stay extra late. So he gets out of work. It's pitch black. It's dark. 
and he's walking home. And as he's walking home, and he's thinking, you know, I, I just I don't want to walk the full two and a half miles. So he decides to take a shortcut through a graveyard, through a cemetery. And so he's walking along, and it's dark, and all of a sudden, he trips, tumbles, and he's laying in an open grave. He's laying at the bottom of this open grave, and he looks up, and he gets up, and he jumps to try to get out, but the, the ground is moist, and it gives way. He jumps again, trying to give out. The, the ground is moist, like I said, so no matter what he does, it always falls back. And after trying, you know, five, six, seven times... He realizes I'm not going to be able to get out. So he goes and sits in the corner of the grave, figuring I'll be able to surprise people tomorrow when they come to bury this guy. And he's sitting there and he hears this loud bump and he looks up and there's someone who's fallen in the grave. And the person jumps and tries to get out, jumps and tries to get out. And finally sitting in the back in the dark area of the grave, the person says, You'll never get out of here. (laughs) And he does. He gets out right away. So what do we need to know? What do we need to see in this moment? Well, here's what I want to give you a heads up on what James is saying. James is saying that when you are in a difficult situation, you should count it all joy. You should then see the benefits that you're going to, to get from this situation. You should pray in faith. And you should not lean on materialism and you should see the big picture. That's where we're going to be heading this week in a couple of weeks. Uh, so I don't want you to miss that. That James has an answer to a time like this that we have a very, very real need. Uh, so what I want you to do is help me to focus in on that. And today we begin with this. You need to choose joy. Uh, you need to choose joy. And so in James chapter 1 verse 1 it says this. James a bondservant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ to the 12 tribes who are dispersed abroad. And then he uses the word greetings, greetings. Uh, the word greetings actually means to, uh, to cheer up. You know, um, I know that we got a team over there trying to help somebody, which I love. Let's stop and pray for what's happening right now, even though I'm not sure what it is. But just ask God to move and touch uh, the person who's in need. Father, we pray right now that as our... Uh, Our team seeks to minister and to care for a person who's right now, Lord, um, we're not sure what's going on, but you are. And and Lord, I'm glad they're here. And I pray, God, there'd be comfort for them. And and I pray, God, that you would just give um, our team wisdom in how to help, how to make a difference, how to make sure they're okay. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Yeah. Hey, you know what? Uh, we have a team we call first responders here at the church of uh, people who are paramedics and police officers that always dive in to help in moments like this. Would you let them know how much you appreciate them and uh, their willingness to do that? Yeah. Yeah. And they're a really good team. I mean, they're a really good team. So anyway, James writes, and he uses the word greetings, and the word greetings actually could be cheer up or be of good cheer. So James is saying this. He's saying, I want you to know that I'm writing this letter to you. Who is James? James is the half-brother of Jesus. Uh, he's the son of Mary. Uh, he's 
uh, besides Jesus, the oldest son. And, uh, and James at first didn't believe in Jesus. In John chapter 7, we see he didn't believe in Jesus. In Mark 3.21, it actually says that James thought that Jesus was out of his mind. Uh, you know, and thinking he was the Messiah. And then in 1 Corinthians 15, 7, we're told something powerful. That is that James, James saw Jesus risen from the dead. That's probably when he converted. That's probably when that, that monumental shift came in his life. And he began to dedicate himself to the Lord. And so James ends up rising up to be a leader in the church. Uh, someone that God would use, that Jesus would use in a powerful way. And James had a nickname. I don't want you to miss this. James's nickname was Camel Knees. Camel Knees. Now, why did they call him Camel Knees? Because he prayed on his knees and he prayed so much. He prayed so fervently that his legs became calloused. This man became a man of faith, a man who led, a man who was respected. And now he's writing this letter, and he's writing the letter to who he calls the 12 tribes dispersed abroad. Now, what he's saying is this, that all Christians, this is a big deal, that all Christians are now a part of the 12 tribes of Israel. In other words, all the promises in the Old Testament are your promises, I don't want you to miss that. This is one of many places we're told that when we come to faith in the Lord, that we become a child of Abraham. And now James says we become part of the 12 tribes. And so the reality is all of the promises of the Old Testament become ours too. And he said, you're dispersed abroad. So what did he mean by that? It was a time of persecution. It was a time that when you were a Christian, uh, they would take your home for being a Christian. Uh, you would not be able to work because you were a Christian. They would threaten to arrest you if you were a Christian. Uh, it was more difficult to meet together. And when you tried to meet together, they would say things like, you can't sing. Uh, it sounds like the state of California. Um, by the way, we will be announcing in the next few weeks uh, that we're going back in the building. Um, so, And I'll just put it out there. I don't care what the state said or the Supreme Court. Um, we're going to sing. We're going to sing and worship. Yeah. So we'll be letting you know that day pretty soon. But James was writing to people who were undergoing things like that. And in James 1 verse 2, he begins with this words. He says, consider it all joy. Don't miss that word all. All joy, my brethren, when you encounter various trials. When you encounter various trials, consider it all joy. So where do we begin when you're in a tough time, when you're in the pit? It starts out with this, remember to rejoice, remember to consider it all joy. Uh, the word various trials is a fun one. The word various comes from a Greek word that literally means a party colored or variegated which right now you're probably going, I don't know what you're getting at. The word is where we get the word in the English, polka dot, polka dot. So James said, guess what? Very often your lives are polka dotted with trials. And so what happens is we all have that. In this season, some of your polka dot of trials is you have a dot that is working from home and it's hard. Some of you, it's school from home and it's hard. Others, it's illness. Some, it's job loss. Some, it's marital problems. 
Or you could have dots of loneliness or trauma. Or you could have that very difficult dot of being a New England Patriot fan today. <laughs> the Lord tells us that God had one son without sin, but none without sorrow. Jesus himself went through trials. Jesus himself suffered times of, of people betraying him or making life difficult to him. Uh, sad to say, maybe one of the most criticized people who ever lived was Jesus. And the critics would be quick to come after him. And so what we learn from James is life is going to be polka dotted with trials. So when we act and react to trials the way God tells us to, then trials test us, but they work out for our own good. That's what the Bible promises. They become a test for us, but when we pass that test, they work out for our own good. So God wants you and I to experience that. God wants you and I to know that. So when we encounter trials, what are we supposed to do? We're supposed to actually take command of the trial. That's what the Bible's teaching. Uh, the word encounter, where it says that when you encounter various trials, it means that those trials are surrounding you. And then what happens is you and I need to do something to take control of those trials. So what does James say to do? Well, in James 1 verse 2, he says, consider it all joy. Now, again, the New Testament is written in Greek, and the word consider means to count or to lead or to command. That, that's an important word, to count or to lead or to command. And so what happens is God is telling me to command joy, to count it joy, to make sure I'm choosing joy. And, and you and I need to do that. And you can do that. Please let me know. You can say, I'm going to choose joy. And guess what? The difference will be there. We know this is true physiologically. If you right now walk up to a mirror, stand there and smile. Even if you don't feel like smiling, you just smile. Guess what? Your brain goes, uh-oh, you just smiled. Something good must be happening. And it starts releasing serotonin. Did you know that? Like right now, if you want to look at somebody and smile, your brain goes, whoa, something good's going to occur. And so your body begins to act and react based on how it's being, get this, led, how it's being uh, uh, commanded to go. And so that's what James is telling you and I to do. Um, a friend of mine, I haven't seen him in years, but this guy was life-changing for me, was named Tim Hansel. Uh, Tim, I got to meet him after uh, he had gone through a pretty tragic event. Uh, Tim was a scholarship football player at uh, Stanford University, graduated with honors. He uh, started uh, doing a lot of outdoor work in the name of the Lord. And one time he was leading a hike and they were walking on an ice bridge and it gave way. And Tim flipped over and went straight down. I mean, way far down. And at first they were afraid he was dead. He was lodged in some rocks. And his friends laid down to get him. They helped get him out. And when they got him out, he stood up for a second. And one of the men who were with him said, Tim, you look shorter. And he was. His spine had collapsed and he lost two inches in height. Um, he fainted went into shock. Uh, he believes God spared him, 
but he would be in pain every single day of his life. Uh, They couldn't give enough medication to take away the pain. On top of that, he didn't want to be addicted to it. So that meant that laying in bed was excruciating. Getting up in the morning hurt worse. Uh, Walking uh, was difficult. Standing, standing was so hard to do. And uh, yet, I want to tell you, Tim was one of the most joyous men I've ever met. And I've always thought if Tim could have joy, I could have joy. You know what I'm saying? But his joy was found in the Lord. And so he would always look for ways to have joy. And so one time, Tim was at a, a Marie Callender's restaurant, and they walked in, and they're standing there, he and another guy I know, and the hostess doesn't come over. And uh, the guy's getting really upset who's with Tim because he knows Tim's hurting. The longer he stands there, the more pain he's going to be in. So the guy's looking around going, where is the, the host? Where's the, and he's like going, how come they're not here? And now Tim's going, calm down, it'll be okay. And they're like, no, Tim, I know you're hurting. And do you want to sit down? And Tim goes, no, 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 it'll be okay. And, and the guy's getting agitated and Tim said, stop it. Man, you know what the Bible says? Choose joy, choose joy. And he goes, watch this. And Tim took the sign. It was a sign that says, please wait here to be seated. And he picked it up and carried it over and put it in front of the bathroom. And he walked back and he said, let's watch this. And no lie, a few minutes later, a person walked up, saw the sign and stood there. (laughs) Kind of like someone's going to open the door table, you know, seating for one. Um, But he found that to be the way to live. Even in constant pain, even in times of that, that it could just be difficult. And you know what? That's what James is saying for you and I to do. He said, I want you to count it all joy. And the word all in the Greek actually means this, holy. The whole thing. Count it complete joy. And I believe this, when we count it holy joy, W-H-O-L-L-Y, even if that's not a word, uh, then, then we become holy, H-O-L-Y. That's where the holiness comes from. That's when the change happens. And so James said, I want you to do that. I want you to count it all joy. I want you to count it complete joy. I want you to count it holy joy. So James says, I know you can do it. And I'm calling for you in this moment to make that command, to make that lead, to make that determination, uh, because you can do it. You can do it. And you can find that kind of joy happening in any situation and every situation. In James 1, he goes on to say this in verse 2. Consider it all joy, my brethren, when you encounter various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance, and let endurance have its perfect result, so you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. Now, what is he saying? He's saying when you and I are in a tough situation, the first thing to do is choose joy, command joy, and and find a way to rejoice. Then second, the reason you should do it is you know good things are coming your way. You need to see the benefits that are coming. And he said, I want you to know that in that testing of your faith, that's where endurance comes. That's where you have staying power. That's where you find your faith is put to the test, but your faith gets stronger in the midst of that test. So one of the things I get to ask myself, you get to ask yourself, 
is in the midst of a trial, how real is your faith? In the midst of a trial, how real is your faith? Listen to how the message translates James 1, 2 to 4. I love this. It says, consider it a sheer gift, friends, when tests and challenges come at you from all sides. You know that under pressure, your faith life is forced into the open and shows its true colors. So don't try to get out of anything prematurely. Let let it do its work so you become mature and well-developed and not deficient in any way. I think that's so powerful that God is saying to me, Chuck, when a trial comes, you get a chance to see how real your faith is. And now everybody around you gets to see how real your faith is. Um, and I live my life like you do in interacting with people. And so they get to know if what I preach is what I live. And I'm hoping and praying it's always the case and that you and I would always pass that test because there are tests we have to pass. God tested Abraham. The Bible actually says, and God tested Abraham. And what did he do? He told Abraham, I need you to offer your son Isaac to me, your only son. And Abraham passed his test. Uh, God God, through Jesus, tested a man we call the rich young ruler. Do you remember what happened? The rich young ruler said, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said, well, you know the commands. And the rich young ruler said, "Uh, I've obeyed all those commands since I was a child. And Jesus said, one thing you lack, sell everything you have and give it to the poor. By the way, that's the only person in the Bible that was told to do that. It was his test. Sad to say he didn't pass his test. It says he went away sad. Abraham passed the test. The ruler, the rich young ruler failed his test. And so the question I have to ask and you have to ask is, will we pass our test? See, it's easy to say we, we believe when things are going great. When things are going great, it's really, really easy to say you believe. But when the time of testing comes, when things are not going the way you want to, how are you going to act and how am I going to act? I don't know if you heard about the guy that decided to do what I did a few weeks ago. He wanted to take his wife to Disney World. And she had always wanted to go and wanted to spend a week there. And he thought, you know, I'm going to be able to pull this off. But the way he did it is they rented a huge travel trailer that they would pull behind their truck. And so what happened is they drove down to Florida and, and they went to Disney World. But, but he, at the end of the trip, was so tired and they had to get home. And so she said to him, honey, you know, why don't you let me drive? And he said, no, you can't handle that truck with that big trailer. She goes, no, 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 let me drive and you go ahead and sleep. And uh, I know you're worn out and you'll be okay. And and he said, I I don't know about that. I don't think you can handle it. She goes, I can handle it. You better go back in that trailer right now. So he decides to take her up on it. And he goes back in the trailer. He gets into bed. He's laying there. But as they drive, every bump freaks him out. Every turn, he's like, she's going to wreck this thing. I don't think she can handle it. And she, she's driving along. And the light turns yellow. And she doesn't think she can make it through. So she hits the brakes with that big trailer. It's lurching up on him. And finally, it comes to a stop. But he's freaking out. He opens up the door and steps outside to see what happened and the light changes green and she takes off 
leaving him in the intersection, standing in his underwear. (laughs) Sometimes you got to choose joy. But you know what? The question you and I have to ask is, what is going to happen out of it? God promises somehow, someway, I'll make you stronger through it. So when the COVID crisis lingers on and on, we can trust God's going to do something great. Uh, When the economy's not good and things are hard, we can trust God will use that to make us stronger and better. When no one, don't miss this, when no one seems to care about you or notice you, that might be a test you have to pass. Um, One time I had someone I bumped into tell me, they go, yeah, I used to go to your church, but I'm not going anymore. And I said, oh, that's okay. Are, Are you doing all right? Are you somewhere else? They go, well, you know what? You say your church is loving and friendly, but they're not. Uh, you know, at one time I showed up, not one person said hi to me. And uh, then I decided I'm not going to come anymore, and no one noticed. And I said, man, that, that, that's, that's sad. I, I'm sorry to hear that, but I want to ask you a question. I said, I got to tell you, whenever I walk into church, I see everybody being friendly and laughing and smiling. Do you think maybe God had no one notice you to see if you were there for the right reason? Do you think in a church like Crossroads where that never occurs, the one reason it occurred is because you were coming with a bad attitude and God wanted to test and see if you loved him enough to come anyway? Do you think the reason no one noticed is God is saying, nope, no one noticed. I want to see if they're for real. And I said, maybe you're not passing a test God wanted you to go through. By the way, do you think that's possible? Well, actually, I'll tell you, God does that all the time. If all it takes to get you out of fellowship is somebody not saying hi or someone giving you a bad look, (laughs) you are an easy target, right? And what I tried to point out to him is you didn't pass the test. You didn't pass the test. So what God says is, I wanted to create endurance in you. I wanted to make you better. I want your motives to be pure. I want you to be more diligent. And so in John 13, 15, Jesus said, or Job 13, 15, Job said words I want you to think about. It says, though he slay me, I will hope in him. Nevertheless, I will argue my case before him. What was Job saying? If God were to kill me, I still would be faithful to God. If God were to let me die, I wouldn't give up on him. If things go bad and things went bad for Job, he said, guess what? I'm still going to stay faithful to the Lord. And that's what we all need to do. So uh, when I go through a tough time, there's a passage of scripture I sit and read. Sometimes I read it over and over again. And I say, I want this to be true of me. I want to not only count it joy, but I want to get the benefit. And here's where I begin to learn how to get the benefit. And I want you to look at this passage. It's worth writing it down if you haven't read it before or when you need it again. In Habakkuk 3 verse 17, it says, Though the fig tree should not blossom, and there be no fruit on the vine, though the yield of the olives should fail, and the fields produce no food, Though the flock should be cut off from the fold and there be no cattle in the stalls, yet I will exalt in the Lord. I will rejoice in the God of my salvation. The Lord God is my strength and he has made my feet like hinds feet and makes me walk on the high places. 
That's what, what I do. I read that and read that and say, God, if, if things aren't going good outwardly, if things aren't going the way I want, if I don't see uh, the, the benefit right now that I think I, I, I'm hope's going to be there, that I'm still going to rejoice in you. I'm still going to cling to you. I'm still going to trust in you. So uh, about a couple weeks ago, things weren't going as well as I wish they would. And I don't know if you remember that night. It was a Wednesday night. The moon was full. The clouds were out. And I drove up to church to get ready for church. And I got out of my Jeep and I stood there for a moment and I looked up at that beautiful sky. How big it is. Very often I love to look at the sky. It reminds me how small I am. And I just stood there thinking, before I go in, I just need to have a talk with my dad. And I said, Abba, Father, I'm troubled. I'm really troubled right now. And all of a sudden, the presence of God, the hand of God, the comfort of God came. And I was like, wow, it's going to be okay. It's not only going to be okay, it's going to be great. God, you're going to do it. I know you're going to do it. I call that having a David moment. Do you ever read the Psalms? And the Psalms start out with everything's bad, and then they end with God is great. Yeah, and I, I had my David moment. I had my moment to look at Habakkuk and say, I'm going to rejoice in the Lord. So what do we do when we're in the pit? The first two things we're told to do is consider it joy and see the benefit. And know that God will be with you in the midst of it. Remember, Uh, What I started with, you need to know, you need to to understand that even if you are the one who got yourself in the pit, even if you're the one who made the mistake or made the choice or did the wrong thing, God will never give up on you and he'll never leave you. And so I want you to know that's true for you. And today, if you're not close to God and the way he loves you and not allowing his love to pour out on you, then I want to invite you to say yes to God whether you're here or whether you're online. And I'm going to ask you just to pray a prayer where you either commit or recommit your life to him and say to the Lord, I want you to be with me. Maybe you are in a tough time. What should you do? Open up to God and call out to God. You could do that alone. You could do it as a group of friends. You could do it as a family. You could do it as a couple. But right now could be your moment. Right now could be your time to just open yourself up to him and make that commitment. And so I'm going to lead a prayer where you can tell God, yes, I want to give my life to you. Or yes, I want to recommit my life to you. Or God, I just need your help. And just pray that prayer with me and watch what God does. Then after you pray the prayer, if you're online, I'm going to ask you to do this. I'm going to ask you to go to crossroadschurch.family. Go on the internet and go to crossroadschurch.family and click I made a decision. And we want to get back to you and celebrate with you your decision. For those of you who are here right now, if you pray the prayer with me, I'm going to ask you to do something else. I'm going to ask after we pray the prayer, when we stand to sing, if you pray the prayer and mean it, I'm going to ask you to make your way and come forward and let us greet you. And they head right over here where we want to give you a Bible and we want to share some next steps. But something happens where you let people know you made the decision. If you do it online and click, something will begin to change in you because you're making that decision. Or if you do it here, you're going to sense something happening when you make that walk. Something changes when you do. 
Let's pray together. Father, I pray right now that your spirit would be with anybody who's having a difficult time. And they need your love. They need your strength. They need the the promises you've made to be true for them. And I pray, God, that they would right now make a commitment to you that would give them incredible peace and comfort. But also, Lord, allow them to experience your joy, which will be their strength. And I pray, oh God, they would know you love them, that you would never give up on them, that you always want to carry them through and get them to the other side. So Lord, right now I pray for someone here whose heart's breaking. And it was hard to even come today. I pray, oh God, that they would know that you are so glad they did, that you love them. And right now that they would call out to you. I pray for somebody, Lord, who this week got some pretty bad news. They're not sure what next step they should take, but Lord, you're going you're gonna to show them. So I pray they'll open their heart to you. I pray, God, for, uh, for somebody who's thinking, I'm tired of feeling so lonely. And I want to I wanna have that feeling go away. And today, this could be the beginning of that ending in a good way. So we pray for anybody, Lord, who needs to open their heart to you. They need to commit their life to you. Right now, if that's you, I'm going to ask you just to pray this prayer with me. The question is, do you sense God calling? Do you sense his love? If so, pray this prayer. Say, Lord Jesus, I know you love me and I know you died on the cross for me and you died for my sins. I pray you'll forgive me and cleanse me of all my sin. I pray you'll heal me from hurt and pain. I pray you'll free me from anything or anyone who's holding me down or holding me back. But most of all, I pray you'll make me yours. I pray you'll make me alive. And I pray you'll make me brand new. So I say yes. I say yes to you and I say yes to the life you have for me. Take me now and make me yours. In Jesus' name, amen. And amen if you prayed that prayer. Amen if you prayed that prayer. And if you prayed that prayer and you're here on the campus and we stand and sing, make your way and come. If you're online, go to crossroadschurch.family and click I made a decision. And as we get ready to head out to what I hope is a super day for you uh, and a super time, may God be with you in a special way. May you find yourself considering it all joy. May you find yourself being lifted up. May you find his joy being your strength. God bless you. Have a great day.